Hi, this is Sean Wallace, the Dark Destroyer from The Chase, and you're listening to The Late Shift. I don't listen to it, but it's probably adequate. Keep on listening, or else. Hello everybody, and welcome to The Late Shift. I will be your host, James, and I am joined by Saul and Jonah. And we are down our only... Uh, our valiant leader. Valiant leader, yeah. <laughs> I actually you did that. Valiant leader. Uh, classic. That is a good if, one. Uh, for new listeners, the other person that should be here is called Val. Yeah. Now you can be in on the joke. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the, the usual voice of, of reason and order. Has collapsed. <laughs> fled, in fact. Yeah, fled. Yeah, she's actually, yeah, she's been deported. She's been deported? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Brexit's coming up. No, well, I thought it was more because she signed up to an app, which is called, like, uh, Nationality Roulette, and uh, you, you, you spin the wheel, it gives you a nationality, you got to go there. Yeah, she's, she's, in played... Ka- she's in Kathmandu. Yeah, she's played, <laughs> she's played it a few times. That's why she has so many under her belt. <laughs> Turns out it's the only reason she was here. <laughs> got she's lucky got, in rolled on England. Got the, the golden spin achievement. It's like, would you risk that? Honest question. If someone getting right now, you like, you get the full nationality of, of whatever you spin. No, no. Just statistically, there are countries that are going to be worse off than where I live at the moment. Not what? that where I live is great, but it's better, better than, than most. Yeah, exactly. One second, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna spin now. What do you mean? I'm just typing random country. Montenegro. Not great. Oh, no. wait, do me, do me. Okay, so you would get the Caribbean Netherlands. Okay. Sonny? Yes. <laughs> Jonah? That thing that I love. <laughs> I like whole countries. Jonah, you're being forced into the Czech Republic. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Oh, uh, like Prague's a nice city? Yeah. Prague's, in, about, we, I think Prague's we got off, in the Czech Republic. We got right? off pretty, pretty scot-free, seeing as the, uh, the next one that I just picked up was the Democratic Republic of Congo. This <laughs> <laughs> is why... So I where's know Val? Is, well, it she, is she Kathmandu? in... Oh. She's in Kathmandu. Okay. Yeah. So so she... Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. To any listeners in Kathmandu, try find her. She'll stand out like a sore thumb, but... <laughs> yeah. How will the sore thumbs stand out? Depends where you put them. Yeah, it does. Amongst other sore imagine thumbs. Imagine this, I mean, I'm just saying, okay, I haven't imagine... seen many sore thumbs, okay. so therefore they must not stand imagine out this. that much. You go to McDonald's, you order a burger. You look into your box, no burger. Severed thumb. That'll stand out. Well, that's not sore, though. That's, uh, that's... It, I think it's pretty sore. The injury might be fresh. It looks fresh. Well, the thumb can't feel it. Well, I mean, it's McDonald's. It's always made fresh. Okay, what's more disturbing? A severed thumb, or you look in the box, and there's a hole at the bottom of it, and at the bottom of the table, and there's a man with a crushed thumb poking <laughs> it through. Well, at least he hasn't necessarily bled so much on... It doesn't matter. Your empty there's, box. There's no food, yeah. You've uh, bled on my box, you fuck. <laughs> the fact that I sat at the table with the man stored underneath it would perturb me, yeah. So, anyway, structure, progression. Order. The, the order. We, what, what do Cat, we do? This way. This way. In the, back, back in the bag. Back in the what, bag. What do we usually do at this? We've done the intro. We faffed about a bit. What comes next? We go to today in history. We didn't even faff about that much. So, in your face, Val. We can do this without you. I don't know. James's hypotheticals are usually pretty faffy. I don't give Well, okay. Listen to this, right? You're in McDonald's. <laughs> you opened with a hypothetical. About sort of thumb. Oh, yeah, I did. I lose track of them. I lose track. There's a lot of hypotheticals. Is it you, or is it something else in you that just... Do you have temporary... Well, like, like I'm the Oracle of states. Delphi. Yeah. Like, someone treks up a mountain just to talk to me, and they're like, <laughs> so your is... dick is a banana. 
And they're like, it's a strange vision. Like, I I would believe that, that all oracles are just people like me who love hypotheticals and people think there's some wisdom to it, but it's just complete bullshit. They're like, what would you do if your uh, wife fucked a bull? What? And then got pregnant. Um, guess the bull got pregnant. No, no, you won't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, reverse pregnancy up the day. Is she healthy? Yeah, she gives she gives birth to a half bull, half half man thing. What do you do with it? I guess I'd lock it in a maze. Okay, don't know if that's going to happen, but if it does, you know, you're prepared. Anyway, so you had a story, and you're assuming yours is first. I am assuming. What? Well, oh, throw us a date. My wager. date is uh, wager. My I'm wagering my date against yours, James, because my one is twelve sixty. <laughs> yeah, mine's eighteen twenty one. So I go first. Okay, so as you wish. Uh, wait, wait, wait. AD or BC? Yeah. Who oh, makes no. all the difference? A- make all the AD. Difference. Oh, well, then I win, don't I? I'm here to talk to you about King <laughs> of <laughs> Nubidia. Makes sense. So your event is, let me guess. Could be a crusade. Could be. Could be some Mongolage. Oh, oh. Mm. Saul's looking all coy. I'm with you now. Yeah. I think Mongols. Mongols. Some Mongolage. Yes, because in 1260, Kublai Khan became the Great Khan. Hey. Yeah. So this I will be discussing, well not discussing, telling you the story. The Great Palace of Xanadu, said a poet who had never been outside of Yorkshire. <laughs> Kublai Khan did say also, I'm done with this whole China malarkey. So he did. What are you talking about? Genghis Khan's Chinese? Genghis Khan is Chinese. Yeah. I don't know why we're trying to get Chinese credit back after we've oh, we got Lama's oh, no, allowed. No, no. Shh. Yeah. That was the plan with this one. Yeah. <laughs> the plan is to get some. Uh, Sorry, just like really hammily ed- like who have really hammily edited over. Like we've never contradicted the Chongqing Chinese state. Yeah, Xi Jinping is not and forever will be our moral leader, and is not at all a denizen of the Hundred Acre Wood. <laughs> so I'm gonna before I go into the the story uh, of mainly I'm gonna be talking of, about of old Kubels. Is, I'm gonna be t- telling Kubels no. He was born in Mongolia in 1215, mm. at the age of zero. <laughs> <laughs> Odd decision for such a young man. But, uh... um, so 1215, this was obviously when Genghis was right, proper hamming it up. He was, he was in his height. He was, he was there, just like big daddy. I don't think Mongolia. the Islamic world felt like Genghis Khan was hamming it up. <laughs> Like, Doing a pretty bang up job of ending yeah. their renaissance. Oh look! Look how! Look how! You're just hamming it up over there. You're just burning one of their seeds. Just sort of with a handful of books, just shoving yeah. them in a river. <laughs> so in the background, you can just see another shah getting run over by horses in his carpet, and squirting out of it like a like a frube. <laughs> it was like classic Genghis. Also, always got his dick wet. Always, yeah. The man had a problem. I insist. I, I want. Why? I want, see, yeah. I want to see Tony Robinson do a show <coughs> on Genghis Khan's glandular condition that made him come so much because he must have the amount of children. Because I'm telling you, like, mere men are not capable of such. Have you seen? You know, you know the uh, the biopic Mongol. Yeah, and you know he, he like he keeps coming back to that advice his dad gave him, like find a woman with strong legs, and yeah. he keeps going. So, but almost like he turns to his son's like, always dick in pussy. Yeah. Good king. Dick and pussy. <laughs> well, I mean, but what if I need to? Mm-mm. No but, no if, no what. No buts especially. Always preggers. <laughs> yeah. Not a but. <laughs> so his father, so Kublai's father, so his father, uh, Tawi, was, um, he was, of course, military leader. Um, he was actually Genghis's youngest son from his favourite wife. Borte. Yes. With um, the strong legs. With the strong legs and the very flat face, because Mongols believed that if you didn't have a very flat face, you would uh, go mad. Serious? Yeah. That's 
But yeah, so Tawei died of alcoholism. Um, but I mean, to be honest, it didn't really change him too much because he, his dad was always warring, so he never really spent time with him. A lot of uh, Kublai's uh, growing, growing up from the age of 15 onwards was, well, actually, pretty much all of his life was with his mother. I love the idea that his dad was always warring, that's why he drunk. Where's your dad? Killing someone? Not loving me? No, 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 Kublai wasn't drinking, his dad wasn't. No, his dad, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Like... I didn't just skip like from beginning to end of Kublai. Like, he Kublai was... Khan was born at the age of one and died of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turns out... Yeah, I mean, vodka's no substitute for breast milk. <laughs> so, so his mother saw Tani. Um, he, she actually gained the respect of Genghis uh, because she was one of the only women that actually stood up to him. Genghis's favourite wife, um, fourth youngest child wife, stood up to him. <laughs> stood up to him. Yeah, he was like, hey, come here. And she went, no, I'm going to stay right where I am with my dignity intact. And he went, okay, I respect that. And then all the other women in the camp dropped their mouths and went, that's it? <laughs> that's how you're going to leave you alone? <laughs> Um, well, it, it did make me laugh because the fact that, like, yeah, apparently she, she was very, very, she was a very, very strong character. Obviously, uh, you know a lot about modern. Yeah, yeah, so the yeah. fact that, that um, the women would often fight alongside the men and things like that, and um, also um, look after and rule areas. Yeah. That's, that's why uh, Mongolian kings would, well, Mongolian great khans would have um, um, four wives as tradition. So you'd have different households ruling different areas. Um, also, the fact that. Um, even at a very, very young age, Genghis apparently said that uh, that he could see that uh, Kublai was going to grow up and become uh, strong, well, strong and smart. So, I mean, for Genghis, who had lots of children, to mention that of one of his grandchildren, mm. to be like this guy, he's, he knows where he's going. Because, like, I mean, at the age of three, he could he could ride a horse and shoot a bow and arrow. Yeah, they they got you young. You weren't considered a Mongol man until you owned three horses. Hmm. Again, they snuck up on people, though, according to most historians. Yeah, what was I doing when I was three? Like, shoving crayons up my nose, and this guy's firing bow hey, arrows and riding horses. It doesn't say that Kublai Khan wasn't also doing that. And Maybe so... he was shooting crayons into his friends' noses. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> From atop a horse. But his, um, he was actually taught a lot of um, uh, Confucius's teachings. And from a very young age, he was always taught that um, there should be harmony in the family, order in the state, and peace in the empire. And... From a very young age, she yeah was cramming in that knowledge into a little Kublai's head that you'll be you would be smart boy <laughs> as well as strong. Yeah, so he was taught at uh, so not just to conquer but also to uh, respect the traditions of the countries that he conquered. So if he was to take over a country uh, when he was older, he would have to understand and respect their traditions. Yeah, which is a big thing in Mongol conquests. Yeah, uh, should I say subjugation of areas rather than eradication of areas? Is yeah. the idea that they didn't interfere with their subjugated people's cultures? Often converted. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. Twelve thirty-six. So he's a little bit older now. Um, Ogaday, his uncle, uh, who was the great Khan at the time, mm-hmm. uh, gave him his first lands. Um, this was uh, uh, this was uh, Hopei, the Hopei region. So this was uh, northern China. Yeah. So at first, when he was given the the Hopei region, um, he stayed in the Mongol home, homelands and just let his advisors in trying to rule it basically and look after it until he he really well at the until time they lost it. No, it was just like where's it gone? It was like we've, we've lost the whole thing. <laughs> no, it was it was because they wandered off. <laughs> it's because there were uh, poor farmers that were being heavily taxed um, because of what the decisions were, and he was like. Nah, this needs to change. So he already started to reform. <laughs> so he started to, just to completely change things up. So he introduced welfare provisions and um, 
essentially, if someone could not pay the tax, the tax was, was relieved from them, and you would often, you know, support them and stuff like that. So it was the, the whole idea was the fact that um, you, if you couldn't pay the tax, you wouldn't pay it until you got yourself back on your feet, and um, so that this boosted the economy and trade and things like that. Oh, the 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 um the Mongol economy and the Mongol kind of uh, infrastructure efforts are incredible. Yeah. Like so so incredible. The people people obviously only talk about the fact that they used to ride over people in carpets and burn cities to the ground. But you know, like the invention of the Pony Express was the Mongols. They used to say that you could walk the entire length of the Mongol Empire with a gold plate on your head because it was so safe. Because nobody messed with the Mongols. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if you were a thief you just got you know, that was it. So no one did it. Uh, so yeah, he, he was ruling over this part. And then um, essentially, so back in Karakum at the time, the Mongolian capital, the more traditional uh, families um, distrusted him and his mum because he was raised with kind of Chinese teaching. He was ruling over parts of China. Yeah. And they were becoming... Uh, they were said that they were becoming like the Chinese uh, merchants who the Mongolians would rob. <laughs> so it's just like, no, they were just more fixated on Chinese uh, trading and things like that. So, so just like, oi, what are you doing? All that bean counting. We rob fellas like you, and that's just Mongol culture. Yeah. That's just, no one's like, it's wrong to rob people. They're like, no, that's what we do. It's a way of life. <laughs> when he ruled, he was he never ruled alone. He would often speak to a wide range of advisors. Um, the whole idea is the fact that if he didn't know, if he didn't know something, he wouldn't, you know, try and pretend he did. He would just go like, wouldn't show his embarrassment. He wouldn't be embarrassed. He'd just be like, I don't know this. Can I speak to someone that knows more about this than me? Yeah. And... Which is actually a trait that a lot of people need to pick up on, yeah. I think. Um, he often also was advised by his wife, Chavi, uh, who was his favourite wife. Yeah. They would often... Yeah, so she would often advise him and have his advisors as well. And, um, yeah, she was also noted as a really strong woman, um, very intelligent, and, uh, again, honoured the fact that, um, you know, looking out for the people, how to be a humble emperor and things like that, basically preparing him for rulership. For... 1260. Newsflash. Ogaday. 1251. Ogaday dies. Yeah. He actually tried to forage some food out of a skip. Skip closed. No one found him. Starved yeah. to death. Died. Well, there was no food in the skip. There was no food in the skip. It was a, it was actually a picture of a pizza box. So Ogaday. He was an icy pizza box. So Ogaday is the his uncle died, and um, the he actually gets passed to uh, his older brother Monkey, um, who becomes Great Khan. Old, old Kubels. Monkey! Don't, don't. When I was reading this immediately, I Monkey. thought Johnny Vegas PG Tips was yeah. in my head. And then I was like, it can't be pronounced Monkey because it's M O N G K A Y? Monkey! Yeah. Monkey. <laughs> well, I looked it up and I was like, no, it is pronounced Monkey! <laughs> put the kettle on, Monkey! <laughs> Candace, not to put the kettle on. Alright, Monkey! <laughs> Now, would you, watch the, would, you, would you watch the PG adverts if it cut and it's Johnny Vegas looking mildly intimidated and scared, leaning in for the kitchen, like, do you, want, do you want to have a cup of tea? And there's just a full Mongol Khan sitting in his room, he just nods at him aggressively. And he's like, okay, it's the 16th of the day. <laughs> you are a tea bitch now. <laughs> yeah, but you wouldn't have it with milk as well. No. Weird. Um. Are you saying that's, so Johnny Vegas shouldn't be alarmed his life's pretty easy yeah sure he's under duress in his own home by a mongol bot just have to pay for milk so <laughs> that's fine but unless he's yeah. well he's i'm assuming he's drinking tea as well so he would still need a bite not left monkey gets it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he comes in he comes in he counts the tea bags at the end of the day and he counts it in his head and you better hope they add up those numbers <laughs> <laughs> 
um, so Kublai's um, wealth massively rose because obviously his brother is OG Khan. Yeah. And he gets more land as well. Um, but the thing is, at this time, obviously, he was kind of just given everything. So he... He, he didn't earn it. No, he he was like, oh, okay, well, now's my, my now's my time. I need a show. And the thing is, obviously, with Mongolians showing itself, it's war. Yeah. So he needed to... Uh, yeah, he needed to show that he, he he had the combatant ability. So he went, he walked right into Johnny Vegas' house, shot him right in the chops with a bow and arrow. And, went, and Monkey was like, he was my, <laughs> my favourite favorite favorite wife. bitch. <laughs> favourite wife. And he's like, I was trying to do the war. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I don't... <laughs> favourite wife gave me no airs. <laughs> All he gave me was tears and tea. <laughs> Uh, so Monkey wanted to finish off the campaign, the campaigns that uh, his uh, the, well, the previous Khans failed, which was taking over the Sung Empire. Yeah. So Southern China. So they had Northern China, but Southern China was there, like flipping them off, like Nah, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Come get me. It was like just teasing him. So I don't think they were teasing. They weren't <laughs> soliciting the next Mongol invasion. It wasn't like, oh, we're just going to take off all our armor and see what happens. Like, <laughs> yeah. The bare description would be like being the soldiers of the trench when you can hear the artillery barrage stopping and being like, oh, it's coming. Right, so the whole idea that he had was uh, that they were going to do a pincer attack on the north and west. Um, the big drawback with the west attack was the fact that there was a... Um, so there was a non-Chinese kingdom of Nan- Nanchang standing in between them, basically. So it's completely just other kingdom, like, please don't... Hello. <laughs> doesn't sound like a problem. <laughs> yeah, to let, uh, please don't attack us. So Kublai was directed to be uh, the head of the army, and the whole idea was the fact that, the, yeah, uh, he needed to take Nanchao, which the capital was Tali, which was this fortified capital. So the the problem with Tali was the fact that uh, not only was it fortified, was the fact that also there were these three great rivers standing between them. Um, and he also sent envoys of people basically sending messages to Tali saying, submit, and we won't, you know... We won't invade. We yeah, won't, we won't invade. Thing. Uh, and... Uh, the people that were sent were uh, forcefully um, asked to remove their heads from their necks. <laughs> really? Yeah, funny that. Yeah. So yeah, the people p- have a really bad habit of Mongols turning up and going, "Do this," and then they chop their heads off. Yeah, you'd, you'd forgive the first couple, but once word got around, yeah, that once, chopping once... off the head of Mongol at messengers gets you timorated. Yeah, or or no, not Cosmerid, or gets you, uh, you know, your entire army dead in a valley, and the Mongols are literally having a feast atop their bodies. Yeah, yeah. So they were told to uh, submit, and uh, they didn't. <laughs> I mean, I don't see why they just said like, go back and just tell him, nah. Yeah. So why did you go and chop the head? Like again, it's the whole don't shoot the messenger thing. Yeah, they literally cut the head off the messenger. <laughs> yeah. So cut the head off the messenger, the whole empire falls down, isn't that right? It's the head of the so, snake. so Kublai was there, like, okay, right, that's it, right. So he marched his troops. Two months it took to get his forces. Um, he was by the banks of the Yangtze River, uh, but you know, fuck, big uh, river, no bridges. So he was like, oh shit, this is this is a problem. <laughs> so um, uh, on the other side of the river, the Tali army basically slept because they were comfortable in the fact that the <laughs> Mongolians couldn't cross the river. Why? Like, why all sleep at once? Really, like, <laughs> why why just be like, all right, guys, let's bunker down, all go to bed. Why? The Mongols are literally, you know, a couple of metres away. Well, not metres, because it's a big river. But... It's a very, very wide river. Yeah, but being like, the Mongols are just over there. Well, they can't get over. I'd like to see them try and do some shenanigans this night. Everyone go to sleep. So, 
Yeah, they do shenanigans. They um, <laughs> <laughs> they they uh, make float floating devices using pigs. Uh, sorry, sheepskin to make basically buoyancy devices, which I, in my head, imagine like armbands. Like a sheep's For horses. Yeah. <laughs> horse floaties. Yeah, okay. just floating across the river and in the dead of I night. wouldn't want to put the armbands on the horse because obviously you just put on his legs and then well, it would invert and then all the important bit of the horse is underwater just drowns. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't, of what I was looking up, but I couldn't actually find, like, it just said made flotation devices out of sheepskin. So I was like, I mean, it didn't really explain, like, was it like a massive inflatable bridge? Was oh, it- what, like, you know in the pool sometimes they put out that big like yeah, slide assault course slide thing the Mongols have that yeah made of pig sticks. that's how I imagine it so what just these Chinese guys are asleep and then you can hear the bounces they're all coming down the slide <laughs> they all get massacred so it's the dead of night it's a surprise attack and they, yeah. they, they kill yeah. them all yeah. it turns out turns out the Mongols were up to shenanigans and the let's all go to sleep at once idea was a bad plan <laughs> Nearly always. I feel bad like plan. I feel like if you were in, sorry, a, I just wrote, yeah. in, in my notes, I just wrote surprise, motherfuckers. <laughs> I feel like if you were if you were a general leading an army or whatever rank, you know, in authority of an army, and your enemy, even if they were down a nine thousand foot cliff, mm. looking up at you aggressively, would you be like, "Oh, I'll risk it. We'll all go to bed." I feel like okay. there's no situation where you should just be like, "I mean, it's like a thousand to one." Maybe, maybe the the commanders were like, "All right, guys." I know there's a big, seemingly impassable river between us and the Mongols here, but no one fucking slacks, right? We take watch, and obviously that goes down, the officers are like, all right, guys, although the Mongols are across that impassable river, orders are regular watch, usual discipline. But then it gets down to the guy, he's sleepy, he doesn't have the motivation of Mm. potential, you know, like, sword or arrow from the darkness. But if he stayed awake, he would have... have seen the bouncy castle that the and that would have been a sight to behold but i think a, an important part of, of of night of being on night watch is is fear will keep you awake yeah obviously it's going i don't believe they're going to cross the river i'm going to catch you know just half an hour yeah and that half an hour was the moment that the mongols made it through their own assault course i don't know why they made it so difficult for themselves <laughs> i don't know why there was like you know like big inflatable bats hitting them off you try to get a horse at the back on those slides <laughs> Well, yeah. anyway, so, so in the wet, so guys, the, the so the army is is the army outside the gates of Tali is is killed. Yeah, the, Tali now has a new army outside the gates. Ah, oh, backup army. <laughs> the, that's why they slept. No, like, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm afraid oh, no, of the Mongolian army. Oh, right, right. <laughs> that's the army that's now outside the yeah. gates. There are backup on inside. Um, so, Greg the Wakeful. <laughs> so this is this is this is the part where where Kublai then goes like, okay, try this again. Submit. That's pretty nice as Mongols go. I don't burn it down. Submit, I don't burn it down. And you get to use well, me a little inflatable it actually, slide. It was actually a really, really important thing. It smells that, like sheep. So. Yeah. It was a really important thing, the fact that he said that he wasn't going to burn it down because this was the first city on the campaign that he took. Yeah. And it was Mongolian tradition to burn down the first city that you that you took on a campaign. So he said, I'm not going to burn it down. And he actually honoured his word and didn't. Makes more sense now, if knowing that. That they cut the heads off the messengers because if you knew you were the first one, you'd be like, "Fuck it, we're we're, we're, we're done." Yeah, you're gonna kind of lug the rest of your empire into war because you're like, just because it's your head on the chopping mm. block, like, yeah, yeah. Much. Actually, yeah, that's a that's a very interesting take on it. Was the fact that if you are the first one in the campaign, you're there, like, well, it's gonna be burnt this, down anyway. This is why this is this answers the question. This is why people keep chopping off Mongol heads and sending them back to Mongols, knowing they're gonna get quasmarated. Yeah, because they're like, we're gonna have to team up now, guys. I imagine the uh, the leader of old Tal... Uh, what's, what's the city called again? Tal Tal Ghul. No, Tal is the city, but the whole province. Oh, China. Nan, Nan Chao. Nan Chao. Imagine, like, king, emperor, 
Yeah. Like, I wish you hadn't done that. Um, you know, he, he was sitting down, he's like, oh, Mongols came around the other day. And you're like looking at the governor of Tali, like, and what did you do? And he's like, chopped off their heads. And you're like, you fucked us all. You know that. He's like, well, I was fucked anyway. So if the Mongols had sent the envoy to the second city along, just bypassing Tali's opinion, there would have been peace. Just... Imagine imagine Tali's surprise, though. Oh, yeah. Sup? Thing what is, are you doing? Thing is, if, if you <laughs> stroll in the gate, start lighting the fact. If, if you looked at it on a map, Nanchal wasn't actually that big. I would have just sent the messenger back, just saying, just go around. Just go around, please. Go around. Or go through. But they just don't... Just... So said the Belgians. Open borders, Siv. Yeah, <laughs> like... open borders. Yeah, but then you know what happens when you give open borders to people like the Mongols who let's not like play world history like I play Siv, which is to just, you know, attack everybody regardless because yeah. you're in my way and I like my colour. Back to back to Kublai. So he's happy. He's got... Tal- Tali's there. He's there like, fucking did it, guys. Makes a new capital. You yeah. know, for p- poops and gigs. Uh, not not Tali, back in back in Chinese like build me another capital. Um Seriously? Yeah, Shang Tu. So uh Shang Tu. Yeah, Shang Tu. So it's Shanghai Shang Tu. Come on, Kublai. Well he's, he's got other names. Just wait. Wait, Sh- was his first capital Shang One? The Shang? <laughs> yeah, Shang, then the Shang Two, Shang Three, Shang Returned. <laughs> Shang you Reloaded. Would, you would never have Shang. Another like video game Shang again. You wouldn't actually have Shang four because Chinese don't like number four. Yeah, so it would be it would get to the fourth, and it would. Well, just that's reboot. the thing. Yeah. He did make it in a Chinese style city, which obviously the Shang it, again homecoming. again making this the 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 capital of his his lands that were controlled was yeah. Shang Tu and very Chinese. Uh, again, not really making the Mongolians happy because they were just like again he didn't burn it. He made it all Chinese. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a, a wee but for the Chinese. Okay, but can I just. Point out to these little fucking herdsman boys. How do you make a capital city? Well, bar bar Karakum, which was just a collection of tents. Uh, make it. You know, oh, why are you building it in a Mongol style? Because uh, I want some infrastructure. I want to. Ha- I want to actually have a city. Yeah, I don't want to Mongolian ha- tradition though. You shouldn't have a city. No, you just well bar Karakum, yes. which is actually a big problem with. Um, uh, which sort of about with with the passing of the Khans mm. is that everybody has to go to Karakum. Yeah. So everybody of every importance goes all the way back to Karakum. And the yeah. whole, the yeah, whole yeah, like the, just, yeah. Mon- the Mongol conquest, which stopped because important guys are leading armies, and then the succession comes up, so they all hightail it back to yeah. Karakum. Yeah, well, that might be this one. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Turns out his the, the current card, monkey. Yeah, monkey, all teed out without Johnny Vegas to look well, after him. He okay. died of neglect. Well, well, so, so just before that, so the, basically, people people back home aren't really liking him, and they actually they. They don't like the way that he's the the one that, the fact that he didn't burn the city down to the fact that um, he's building cities and things like that and they they have him for treason. But luckily, because him and him and Monkey, are, you know, brothers. <laughs> I'm just imagining the the court Monkey, case, this lawyer, this lawyer standing up, being like, "There should be no cities, but because of him, there are two cities now." Traitor. <laughs> um, but um, so so monkey being his brother, he was like, no, 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 no. Kublai's cool because again, I need him because he's actually pretty good at this whole war malarkey. Yeah, and I'm still going. I'm going to take some. Seen he's, the he's, got, he's got he's got those caffeine come down headaches. Like I haven't had tea in ages. It's Shut be up! Migraine. Shut up, my brother. He's cool. All right. <laughs> okay, so. Again, we're going all the way to India to get that shit. Well, so Sung Sung is the Sung conquest of trying to take it is, is still happening, and then they hit. Uh, there's four massive Mongolian rivers uh, left of Chengdu, uh, and they they go. Whew, it's very hot and humid here. 
you know, let's all go to sleep. Oh no, like oh, it's a bit, it's a bit warm, and uh, monkey uh, gets uh, dysentery. <laughs> oh dear! Hot and humid, lots of disease. Uh, now it was a severe case of dysentery, which actually resulted in him um, losing the ability to be alive. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that, and uh, it appears was... your father has lost the ability to be alive. <laughs> I was, to be fair, good misdirection. I was expecting you to say shat himself paralyzed. Yeah, but no, lost the ability to be alive. Uh, a great Kagan has accidentally shat out the, his spinal cord. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, the, the succession was to go on to his children. Unfortunately, he didn't have any. Um, so very unposed. Depending on the legacy he's from, was Genghis Khan like? cashing in checks from his future descendants for really. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> He's taken out a loan. Big question. Who be Khan? Is that the name of the next one? Yeah, who be Khan? Who be Khan? The Sun campaign basically uh, was abandoned by most people. They Obviously everyone, we need to go back to Calicom. Yeah, Calicom. Most, but not all? No. Because Kublai was very determined to try and get sung. <laughs> yeah. Because no. he had done so much already. He was there like, I ain't going back. Like, not, he was like, like, not yet. And basically all, all <laughs> I the thought it was going to be like everyone left and just one guy was like, guys? <laughs> yeah, he, he'd, he, he was Having actually... Having fun on the bouncy castle <laughs> Yeah, still. guys. Oh, there's a lot of, They're coming this way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Kublai and his forces and his armies continued to press on. And um, uh, everyone was meeting up discussing... You know who's going to be the great Khan, and there was turmoil in the yeah. capital because they were like, "Well, we don't want this Kublai guy because you know he's he's a bit Chinese. You know we don't want that. We want Mongolian." Um, and his wife and his advisors were like, "We, we need to tell him." So they messaged him. You know, send a messenger, being like, "Oh, you you know your missus wants you back," and he's like, "Yeah, but give me a second. Like, a few he more- gives he gives her two blue ticks. Yeah, she said like your political destiny and future is in turmoil. Scene. I need you. Scene. Yeah, he's like, yeah, but give me a second. He sends got... one of those frantic texts, you know, where you're clearly really busy, where it's all misspelt because you're in the middle of doing something like driving. Because the... and uh, so it's like you know, like be there soon. Like, fucked up. Well, the, the thing is, he he actually he cut the supply line to to pass the song. So they, the, the the parts that he was capturing was really close to collapsing. So he was just really just wanting to press on. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And it, it, this carried on for, I think, two months. So he, this carried on... In the terms of sieges, it's yeah. not the longest. He, he carried on, he carried this on for another two months, whilst, like, obviously every so often getting messages from, from his wife and his advisor saying, please come home. Seriously. Seriously, there's some They're going to put some down. guy in called Hubi Khan. He seems pretty charismatic, although people are a bit confused on who he is. Well, well that's the Kublai keeps replying, like, you know, babes, I'm with the boys. Like, the boys. Lads, lads. Lads on, lads on tour. Give us a minute. Yeah, yeah. And then... Why is it every campaign we ever talk about gets down to lads on tour? Because that is, I think, just war. Yeah. War is really think, graphic. You think lads, lads on days to Ibiza, isn't it, is the 21st century answer to crusades or taking China? Now... I feel like it's a similar kind of attitude sometimes. I suppose, like, the way they treat Ibiza. British Army recruits from a similar demographic. Yeah. Well, guys, we have a problem. Youngest brother, because obviously he had, he had three other... There was four of them in total, so he had three brothers. His monkey being the oldest, dead. His youngest, Eric Boak, he actually remained in the capital... Uh, and he was he was basically taught the old school Mongolian way. So he was very much for like traditionalist, you know, 
fuck these Tent capitals. Good, building bad. Yeah. He, he, well, that's the thing. He wanted to go back to um, it being more like a, a state where he could, the Mongolians would plunder and things like that, and they would be more seen as like outsiders and stuff like that. It wasn't like an actual empire, and people were like, "Yeah, that's a good idea." So f- finally, people were wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the, 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 quite a few people actually um, were on board. So they, there's always reactionaries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people people thought he would make a good Khan because yeah, it was more like the traditional Khans. So they he got his little tick box of like to do list, and he was like, "Near create a secret council, tick like near do a rebellion, tick and, like, yeah, tick start near start doing this." Uh, that what's what's really weird is the fact that even even monkeys um <laughs> monkeys wife and children Johnny Vegas yeah and. Whatever came out of that union. <laughs> yeah, so his his children basically were were back in um, Arik saying like, yeah, this guy should be Khan. His children, his wives, and like some other people, um, they declared him to be Great Khan, which is obviously not how it works. But there was enough of them saying like, this guy is Great Khan. Great Khan, great God chant going. You yeah, know, so infectious. they he then marched his army onto well, started moving his army to Chengtu and uh, Chengtu as well. Chengtu. Yeah, that was his other. City. Can't just call it Chung Tu again, okay? Chung Tu. He then gets another letter from his wife saying, "Like, no, seriously, dude, like, shit's going down. Come back, yeah, because you know your your youngest brother is moving his armies onto your biggest cities, and then that's when he's like, fine, drops his toys, you know, <laughs> starts marching home. The toys being the wattles left of independent China." <laughs> 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 I don't like this one. All it says is "have mercy" whenever I pull its strings, and my tendons. <laughs> so he he got back to um, he got back to his capital, and he said to he basically said to his advisors, "What do?" Um, so they they. Lo- I, thought, no, I thought he asked for what do. <laughs> he was like, "What do? What do?" And um, the, what do brings in loads of uh, princes because <laughs> he's like, "No, I got him." You need princes, I've got them in a van. <laughs> no, it, it was basically um, uh, finding allies. and yeah. But the thing is, he, he did, he's got lots of people to back him up. Uh, you know, like the major, majority vote, but there was one vote that really did swing it, which was actually um, his his other brother. So Heligu... He, oh, he... Yeah, he's chilling in he's chilling in he Persia. He fucked up the Middle East, yeah. Yeah, he's chilling in Persia, and he sends um, one of his his fastest boys to send a message saying like, "Look, look, son, our youngest brother tries to cause shit. I got your back." And he's like, "Perfect. That's enough. That's enough Mongolian." Fuck people. all these princes. I've got an actual decent ally back in the van. <laughs> yeah, but um, so he eventually gets he gets declared as great calm because majority vote, but his brother was still on his way, so he grabs his army. And marches them towards the other one, and they have a you know a meet up of some tea and war, um, where his his brother ultimately does uh, does surrender <laughs> because they, they were completely outmaneuvered and outmanned. Did he break his back? That's how Mongolians used to ex- oh. execute nobles. If you weren't noble, they would often boil you alive. If you were noble, they would basically pin your feet. They put you in a kneeling position, put a big log on your feet. And then two guys would bend you over the back of the log, break your back. That's nasty. Yeah. But that was considered the the honourable way to die. Serious? Yeah, that was that's that, that uh, Jamaka, 
who's obviously Genghis Khan's BFF and blood brother, was killed that way. Because Jamaka, to with Jamaka, when Genghis Khan beat Jamaka to win becoming Great Khan the first time, he turned to Jamaka and he was like, Look, you're my best friend, I'll forgive you. And Jamaka went, if you forgive me, I will rise up against you again. So just kill me. And he did. Hmm. But he's really straightforward about it. Genghis Khan's like, I don't want to kill you. And he's like, no, I dis- dis- disapprove of what you're doing. Because he was hmm. a real traditionalist. He's like, so just kill me, because I will rise up against you if you let me go. So Genghis Khan broke his back. That's nice of him to tell him that. It's <laughs> pretty upfront about it. Yeah. So they have a big battle. Yeah. So this is, this was the fifth of fifth of May, twelve sixty was when he gets named Great Khan. He then moves his army, wartime, uh, beats beats them, and he ends up uh, his brother then surrenders. Doesn't kill him. He just surrenders, and he's like, nice. Time for another capital. <laughs> he's like. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so missing the, <laughs> he loves them. Missing the point of there's Capital. usually only one, right? Yeah. Uh, so he builds Tartu. <laughs> He's a man of sequels. Tartu and Tartu. Yeah. The thing is that Tartu actually becomes modern day Beijing. So he, mm, he was enough. the Friday. that was in 1260. So in 1266 uh, that gets start building, but just before 1266. So this is meanwhile. Meanwhile, whilst whilst he's like. Alright, boys, these are the plans. Get to work. I'm going back to Sung. Going to try and take that again. So he moves all of his, uh, his army back down. But he does try and take it uh, more by wooing. So he's... <laughs> he dresses up in his sexiest lingerie. Well, he's like, Woo. No, he, he, he's just like, look, guys, I'm not going to burn it down. He tries the diplomat approach of like, look, let's just unify China, guys. You know, under Mongolian flag. Woo, and I won't, you know, war. Um, they say no, uh, because the thing is, uh, he ends up taking uh, quite a lot of it. He knocks out more supply lines. He t- takes more and more of Sung. But the thing is that what remains was uh, there's two main cities as well as um, uh, like the, the their capital was still remaining. For the amount that he took, he also started his own um, uh, dynasty. So that was the Yuan dynasty. Um, because that was as much of uh, that he had, and Yuan um, in Chinese actually means um, origin of the universe. <clears throat> and the whole reason why he did this was the fact that he didn't want to name it something Mongolian because it makes all the Chinese people that upset his spaghetti about having Mongolian name. Uh, so he wanted to do something Chinese, but the Chinese would often name dynasties after places. So that then he, that's why he went for the origin of the universe, which is, I think is a cool name. Yeah, yeah. Also quite smart to not piss off the people. So there's still two two big big places left to take. Well, kind of three. But you had um, Jingye and uh, Tangzhen were the two cities, uh, and then you had the capital, which was the uh, was Hangzhou. Now with Hangzhou, they it was very very um, it was very southeast. It was very southeast, and um, they had supply lines coming in from from the sea. Yeah, yeah. So Kublai really had to go to work with whole coming up with a, a, a an old plan there. So he was like, "Right, well, I need to learn a new type of combat, naval." So he was the, he goes right, let's do this, and builds the first Mongolian navy. And he completely he ends up taking loads of the, of the sung ships uh, and using them again for his navy, and builds that up and stops the supply line until the point where he pushes and pushes and pushes until the capital finally says, like, okay, fine, 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 we submit to the Mongolian flag. 
Um, at the time, the emperor, the emperor of um, of Sung was four years old, and it was mainly his advisors, his mother looking after it. Um, the royal family was a bit laying all these Mongolians in, so like, okay, right, uh, we need to get him out of there. So the four year old gets taken by well, he's last seen by uh, on a boat with an admiral. Um, gets taken off basically, trying to escape. Uh, Kublai ca- catches wind of this and he says, "Okay, send some ships after them." They end up cornering him, uh, the admiral, uh, with the emperor. Uh, where the emperor takes the boy and says that um, that the ex- the Sung emperor chooses death rather than um, rather than imprisonment, and he jumps overboard with the boy, killing them both. Really? Yeah. And then. Boom, there we go, guys. Unified China. He's got it all. He's done it. Yeah. And he Build didn't... the largest continuous land empire the world's ever seen. Yeah, but he did... The thing is, his actual ruling was very, very... He was very, very fair, as I said. Like, I mean, that story was pretty much him just warring. But the thing... After after he had taken Sung and unified China <laughs> under the, a, Mo- a Mongolian flag, he then uh, ruled it very fairly. He had, you know, um, fair taxation. He had welfare... Um, regimes and things like that he would have like uh backup food and stuff for the peasants if there was a bad harvest there was he extended the um the chinese uh, grand canal so communication and trade would be better he boosted the economy tremendously that's that's the thing i love about mongols is the fact that so many of their leaders are such brutal warlords but also so so good at infrastructure yeah and so much administration that goes on you yeah, rarely he, see that combination. He mm. did. He did a lot. I mean, just think about it. Like, I mean, he at the time he had the most populous city on in the world, and Beijing is. <laughs> he invented Jenga. I lied about that. But he could have. <laughs> he could have. You put little wooden planks on a stick. You take it out. You put it on top. When you fall down, you die. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, but it just seemed crazy the fact that like he completely changes gear like after conquering all this land and ruling it all he then just goes boom and the thing is he built this image of him you know loving culture loving the arts um uh he he made it more profitable to be a trader and a merchant so then because it was at the time really looked down upon profession and that's why no one really wanted to do it but he boosted he really made it pay well so then people wanted to do it and that obviously bettered more trade and better economy because there was just more trade happening and he because he had the the whole of the Song Empire um, as well it was he had a tremendous amount of wealth because of it so it was just like boom he was yeah. Papa OG so but yeah so that that was so in the 5th of May uh, 1260 was when he became when Kublai Khan became the great Khan from one great conqueror to another great conqueror because my thing is on the 5th of May what? 18, the same... same day, nonetheless. 1821, Napoleon Bonaparte dies on Elba of stomach cancer. Suspected stomach cancer. Different points in their careers, really. Mm. You know, one great, great Kagan of, of the Mongol Empire, one dead. sad Frenchman on an island because he lost. His final words were reported, although disputed, were supposed to be my. He said, France, my son, my army. And he, he died. Some people also blame the wallpaper. 
Yeah, it had Arsenal. Because it had Arsenal. Oh, well, I, thought, I thought you were going like like an Oscar Wilde. No, 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 no. He didn't. He didn't. He he wasn't an Oscar Wilde. But I want to take the time because I haven't actually spoken about one of my favourite historical figures on the podcast yet. We talk about old, old, old Boney and what he was up to. I did some reading into his early life. So he was born on Corsica. It was Corsican. Yeah. His parents were actually rebelling against the French when he was. His mum was six months pregnant with him when they lost, mm. and uh, and they retreated. The, and all the Corsican rebels at this point were like, "We're going back into the mountains to keep the fight going." And Napoleon's dad uh, went, "Yeah, now nah, fuck that. Let's just give up." And he turned around to the French. He was like, "I want to be your friend." And the French were like, "Okay, you can be our friend." And he basically schmoozed with them and got put into power. And uh, Napoleon came out of the womb with a grudge about this, so it seems. Hated his dad for this. Hated his dad. He thought he was a traitor. His mum apparently raised him very strictly, very draconian. And he was reported to have said during his childhood that everything he learned in life, he learned over his mother's knee. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, he went to school in France, uh, where he was just a country bumpkin. He didn't even barely spoke French. Like, he went to school. And apparently, <laughs> the bullies... <laughs> Tried bullying for a bit, but apparently because he just didn't respond, they just got bored. So there you go. Yeah, fair enough. They just got like, hey, it's old fucking thick old country boy, bony. And he just went, yeah. That's probably the only word he knew. And they were like, okay. <laughs> <Are> we? <laughs> yeah. It's a hell of a, it's, it's a language barrier in bullying. Yeah, yeah there is real, isn't it? And uh, so he, he then... Not physical bullying. Uh, and um, he apparently just exuded a charisma from a young age. Got people to gown with him. People wanted to do stuff for him. Apart from the bullies. Apart from the bullies. But they gave up. Even the bullies gave up. He was like, I'd like to stop bullying me. And they're like, okay. Um, is that his plan for the British later on? Yeah. I was going to war with Russia and ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he um, he, he then went to uh, military school where he was reportedly, you know, people people found him rather hard to work with. Military school. Sounds like so, so, someone I know. <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, he was like, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back to Corsica and I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, liberate it. So he goes over to Corsica and he gets into a dispute with the Corsicans and the Corsicans are like, oh no, you're a dick. And they declare him a traitor. To Corsica. To Corsica. They're like, he's a traitor. He's a complete traitor. To which Napoleon goes, fuck y'all, I'm French anyway, and leave. So after all that, for his dad being like, you capitulate to the <coughs> French, as soon as he encountered a roadblock, he was like, I'm French too. I mean, it's only Corsica. It is only Corsica. So he, he is now a captain. And this is a whistle-stop tour. I just, I, just, I just love the idea of like, you know... Uh, you know, when you get out of university and you struggle to find a job. No, he Star went, War. Yeah, he went back to Corsica and was like, oh, fuck, that didn't work. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not at that point yet, but I might try it. Yeah. So he comes he comes back to um, to France where he's a captain in the army. And Napoleon, when he was in military school, absolutely hated the fact that in the French army you had to be somebody to have a rank. That was Pretty the standard for armies at that At the time, time, yeah. It was obviously, you know, you had to be a noble and had to pay oh, commission right. and had to do all this. And Napoleon was obviously very, very good, as we can tell by his later career. But his, his parents had no money. They were, you know, an impoverished noble Corsican family. Everything he'd learned, it was by being spanked. Yeah, he didn't, that, that's, how he, that's how he got disciplined. <coughs> he didn't have to pay for it like these French nobles did. He obviously wasn't happy with that. And uh, then, bam, French Revolution falls in his lap. All the uh, when he comes back to France after Corsica, all the aristoc- all the aristocracy, which obviously all these commissioned officers have fled. Wonder why? <laughs> um, they've all fled, so he was became an artillery captain. And at the siege of uh, Toulon, where he made his debut, he uh, he beat the English, burnt ten of their ships in that battle. But then they burn all of 
The French ships. Yeah. But there's a lot of burning going on. But he won, because they fucked off. And in the battle, he actually led from the front. He took a, a bayonet to the leg. Still led his men. And became so famous after this battle, they promoted him to Brigadier General. It's a hell of a jump. It's such a jump. Captain. Captain to Brigadier General. But may I add that they are also out of officers at this point. And at war with all of Europe. All of Europe, pretty much. And themselves. And themselves, a little bit, in the uh, Varde region. Which is where most of the casualties of the French terror come from. Not noble aristocracy. Peasants being massacred in, in the Varde. He uh, he goes back to, and he gets appointed uh, as as the defender of Paris. And uh, the mob is getting a bit uppity. So Napoleon comes with a really good idea. He's going to shoot him. Yeah, grape shot. Grape shot. And it works. And he apparently wrote a letter being like, uh, they came at us and then we shot them. Now all is quiet. I'm content. There's <laughs> <laughs> some building you just put cannon in it. Yeah, and just surrounded with cannons and was like, cooey mob! And they were like, let's get them! And they just blasted, you know, the equivalent of cannon shotguns at them. And they were like, that was a bad idea! <laughs> Those guys are packing! Um, who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? So for this, he gets promoted general of the interior. Fair enough. So he's 26. You know, he's 26 years old. Yeah, I mean, you rise fast when there's nearly no one above you. Yeah, but the, 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 the only person, the last, the, the person who was beforehand was Minister of Interior was a cat. Um, <laughs> and they were like, well, it was in the room for several of the, nego- the, the general's meetings. So yeah, it, I, ju- it, it jumped on the desk. Yeah, so. so it probably is the most qualified we've got left. I saw, again, it, I saw it pushing around some pieces on the wall. <laughs> yeah, off the table. What does that mean? Uh, evasion by sea. We'll go round. Oh no! He just picks up the whole map like a Stranger Things into the other <laughs> realm. <laughs> and um, and he and apparently all the generals that were still in their positions were like, "Well, who is this fucking dipshit?" Oh, he takes one city, shoots a couple of peasants. Who does he think he is? And uh, when he went round, he was put in command of essentially the disastrous campaign that they were currently fighting, where they were bogged down in the Alps, and the men were just like, "We like some of them had lost their shoes." Mm. Yeah, this was the French Grand <coughs> Army was in complete disarray at this point. Neither Grand nor really an army. Not really an army. It was just a, a bunch of people who had been conscripted and told you'll find the shoes. <laughs> um, take, them off, take them off the Italians or the Austrians. Yeah, and then when they keep running away with their shoes <laughs> or shooting us to keep them. <laughs> yeah, they're really keen to not, Imagine that being not a, give being them a musket loading. Give us your shoes. Fuck off. Take them off my dead body. But they, so did they, they lost their shoes. No, they, I mean, they were so I mean, badly supplied. It was really poorly supplied. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Have... It wasn't like some oh, guy I was, just, like... I was thinking that someone fell asleep and just woke up and like, the army had just taken their shoes. <laughs> yeah, like, cheers what? for the shoes. Love, Louis. Like, uh... But the point is that they were so badly supplied and all these generals were like, oh, let's see you do better. Yeah, and across the, po- the Alps, take yeah, Italy. Yeah, and that's exactly what Napoleon did. But he also gave a big speech to his men where he said over, over those mountains are some of the most fertile regions in the whole world. Like, what? Let's go take them. And yeah. remember, like, that sounds like a solid plan. These guys were just telling us to kind of mill around and look for shoes. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, and he, and he takes Italy, sets up a load of fertile land. Shoes grow out of the <laughs> The Italians, they make shoes for fun. Marengo, isn't it, is, is in that Italian campaign. Yeah, yeah, the Battle of Marengo. And he goes, he goes Named over, after chicken casserole. Yeah, and he actually it is, is, it was actually the Italian general he was up against, was a chicken casserole. <laughs> In a shoe. No, but in all seriousness, yeah, it was the, the, Austrians, the, the, the dish chicken marengo was what was cooked for him after he won the Battle of Marengo. Wait, it was, was it? It was, yeah. a, it was an Austrian casserole. No, the Austrians were oh, the ones right. actually fighting in Italy. Like, bear in mind at this point, Italy is just just it's just vassal states. Yeah, like Ven- yeah, yeah. Venezia belongs to Austria. Yeah, 
and the, 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 and several of the dukes of Middle Italy are related to Austrians. Yeah. Um, and uh, are you telling me that Italy hasn't been Italy for that long? Mm-hmm. Who would have thunked it? But, to, be honest, to be fair, Italy was declared slightly before Germany. So. Yeah. yeah, but, but what, what, Germans did it did it all in one go. Technically, the Italians didn't get like Venice until eighteen seventy. So yeah. the the um, Rome. Napoleon actually after this campaign made a name for himself doing what he would always do, which is not telling anybody and setting up sister republics and puppet states. Without any oh, authority, yeah, Alpine Republic, and yeah, yeah, he yeah. just sets up republics. He's like, okay, they're now free as well, and he go he goes back to France and he finds out that there's complete political turmoil, and he's obviously a war hero at this point. So he goes, I have a really good idea. Let's set up the fact that we get ruled by three consuls, we'll rule fairly and impartially, and one of them will be me. And he's the only person with any political clout really left at this point because the French have been so busy purging one another in his absence. And he rules for five, five, like roughly five, four years as that. And then he crowns himself Emperor of France. He does away with the whole council of three consuls and just says, I'm the emperor. And he invites the Pope to crown him Emperor of France. Oh, yes. And then uh, as, the, as the Pope gives him the crown, he snatches out his hand and says, I crown myself. And then he upgrades from declaring sister republics to declaring his own relatives king of places. Yes, like Spain. Which we discussed recently. We did discuss recently, yeah, with the... Uh, the I can't remember. It's the in relation... with the Pedro's. Yeah, Pedro's why, Pedro's, why, yeah. Pe- why Portugal's in Brazil. Yeah. And then he, he obviously goes on a year after being crowned to defeat the combined Russian and Austrian forces at Austerlitz, which is his greatest victory. He essentially, by this point, Europe has become terrified by the idea that democracy is going to spread. Ironic, yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, to other monarchies. And they've all decided that it's best to just nip this whole French experiment in the bud and to you know, take them out. And Napoleon French says... French experiment. Yeah. And Napoleon says, okay, Russia and Austria team up as they were not you know, all shifting around all the allegiances. They fight at Austerlitz. Napoleon kicks the absolute snot out of them at Austerlitz, forces the Austrians to surrender and dismember, dismember the entire Holy Roman Empire. Mm. Yeah, so what was it like? Yeah, Franz the Second, yeah. Holy Roman Empire, becomes Franz the First of Austria. Yeah, has to dismantle the Holy Roman Empire because Napoleon's like, oh, I'll shoot more of you. And uh, then Prussia gets involved and Prussia loses. Yeah. Loses Berlin to... does not burn. No. And then he decides, Britain at this point, by the way, uh, has pretty much annihilated the French Navy. But the British, being so good sporting chaps in this whole war, are like, well, they can't Left touch us. To it, yeah. So. We're going to stay on our island. That's what they did. And then it's actually Russia. Where... <laughs> it's like, Britain, you win the coalition. Yes. You're going to do anything. Well, no. <laughs> we've secured our interests. Job done, boys. Hey, Pop le- the champagne. <laughs> or should I say, the brandy, because they'll bone is rather, rather miffing everyone off at the moment. <laughs> Keeping it all to himself, the greedy swine. Yeah. Tell you what, in order to get it back, we shall land in Portugal. Yes. Secure the port first. Yes. Because port is made... Portuguese, yeah, and Madeira in Spain. Mm. Mm. No, Madeira is also in Portugal. Portugal and the fortified wines, man. Napoleon decides that he's going to invade Russia, and this goes badly. When does he decide this? Was he just like in the bath? He's in the bath. He's sitting there in the bath. (gasps) Russia. He's playing with his boats because obviously his boats have all been destroyed. So that's all his navy he's got, and he's like bobbing around, and he goes, "I should attack Russia." There's no boats involved, and he just runs out of the bath, bollock naked, (laughs) all the way to the all the way to his guys in the war room. Kicks the door open and slaps slaps his little winky on the table and goes, put this in Russia, and runs off again. 
because <laughs> I'm off to finish my bath. He's been chased by his obviously like, attendants who are like, "You're leaving suds all over the royal palace." Um, Imperial palace now. Yeah, Imperial palace. Comes back. It's a wet feet slapping on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God it's carpeted, otherwise we'd be slipping and sliding all over the stone flags and the wooden boards. Maybe he's doing that whole thing you do in in Superman's with a slide. Yeah. He's got socks on the floor, he's doing that with his wet feet sees. And obviously he runs out of juice just to get to the the war table because his feet are now dry. So he stops just to say dink on table, invade Russia. And goes off, but he invades Russia, and it goes very badly for Napoleon because the Probably Russians didn't put any clothes on. He still suds up. But to face men might as well not, because they start freezing to death. Problem is that the Russians have a really unsporting way of burning their own stuff, so no one else can have it because they're rather spoiled sports like that, including abandoning Moscow. Uh, so Napoleon gets all the way in, and then he uh, has to retreat because his men are oversupplied and freezing to death. And one in six men who went on that campaign returns. You took a fair few with him. Mm-hmm. So that is what breaks Napoleon, really, that moment. What does that mean? British? <clears throat> he does try and invade Ireland a little bit. He does launch an invade. The French beforehand tried to invade Fishguard. I told you about that. And a, yeah. uh, and a Welsh woman with a broom essentially dissuaded them. Because <laughs> they were blown off course. They were all over the place. They all got out. This French Welsh woman, this Welsh, this Welsh woman was like, fuck off with a broom. And the French were like, you know what? Fuck it and left. So that was the last land-based invasion of Britain, by the way. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was also thinking that maybe it wasn't just the, that one Welsh woman. Maybe it was the fact that they looked behind the Welsh woman and saw nothing. Yeah, it's like a town. Yeah. What is this place? Just one town. You live here by choice. It's like two houses. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and they were they, that it didn't go right. So obviously the coalition is now sensing weakness. Blood the water invades from every angle. To take down Napoleon. Portugal, Spain, yeah. into France. Napoleon is forced to abdicate by his generals because they're like, well, there will be no France if you stay in power. And he yeah. abdicates. The Russians are in Versailles. Yeah. He uh, he abdicates, gets put on the island of San Helena, Helena yeah. in mm. Italy uh, under British guard. And uh, Isn't he allowed to take... A, he's allowed to, he takes 100 men with him yeah. from the old guard. Yeah. To oh, I just love the idea that it's like, no, you, you, you're going to be banished here. It's like... Can I bring some people? And they're like, no, we're, we're happy. Like, we don't want to go with you, Napoleon. Like, no, come on, guys. Go 100 on. guys. 100 guys in exile with me. But yeah, yeah so... Uh, no, their moustaches were part of their uniform. Yeah. That's why you see the old... When you, ever you see the old guard, they've all... They're connected. Used... You take off their shirt, the moustache goes with it. The power was in the moustache. Oh, I thought power. we meant the old guard... The guardsmen were connected by their moustaches. <laughs> March in line! Oh, God, this is uncomfortable. No, Especially no, when he gets we, shot and goes down. Said, oh. There's the fact that you said the moustache was part of their uniform. It's like, we're by, held up by strings. And like, they did, like Napoleon actually... Like, well, he, oh, yeah, they take off that... They take the, off that... The hat, the hat and their and beard that, just goes with it. It's <laughs> It's like some baby-faced looking guys. Huh? Well, back, back in... When, when the old guard first formed and, and uh, you know... French were having to make do and mend because obviously on the back foot they were the the, the uniform did include the uh, Groucho Marx disguise kit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All these guards were walking with the full snows and the glasses. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna we're gonna sneak the old guard into Spain, and they're all wearing those moustaches. Like, who are you guys? But essentially, he 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 goes to Saint Helena, and everyone goes. And he, by the way, you know, he was branded as the destroyer of the tra- destroyer of the tranquility of the world, which I feel like a uh, pretty good title. You know, if, if you are going to go war mode, try and get a tribute yourself, the destroyer of the tranquility of the, the world. Because I'm sure at this exact moment, 
the Galapagos Islands were just like, you've got to stop Napoleon. He's fucked everything. <laughs> Peru's there. Like, he's coming. He's coming. Everything's messed up because of Napoleon. Um, but anyway. The British, of course, were worried he would invade India. They were. Which is, yeah, to be fair, he did try and Egypt. Egypt. So he, uh, that's why they got spooked. But I'm just saying, like, as soon as Britain gets its foot in India, it's perpetually worried that someone is going to take yeah. it off them. He's Whether like, it be the Indians or the French or the Russians. I don't think they're ever worried about the Germans. World War One, maybe. Like, it yeah. might have crossed some old King George the Fifth fever dreams. At some and point. maybe they were like Willie, like, Willie, and India. He's taking it all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, may- maybe. So like, I have filled the royal chamber pot again <laughs> to the brim. Die, bigger one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess maybe like, if 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 you know if they get any kind of empire, the next step is India. Yeah, obviously then the Japanese. India, yeah. Then never never saw it coming. The Americans. Yeah. Old war debt. Killed the dream. But of course, lest we forget, as the crown has taught us... Um, Mountbatten. Yeah, Mountbatten um, gave it away. Yeah, despite being put into the position of power only to make sure the smooth transition of you know free Indian rule happened. Having been decided on, you know, during the te- the viceroyship of Wavell? Yeah. But no, it's his fault, because the crown writer, again, has an OB so far up his arse it affects his thinking. <laughs> So yeah, and anyway, Napoleon the Queen then... loves the crown, of course she would. I'm sure she'd love to have India back. Yeah. So Napoleon goes on to say, Helena, he's good for 10 months, and then he just hops on a boat, which someone gave him. I mean, I don't even... I've never looked at the specifics of how he got off the island. Him and his 100 boys just disappeared one day. There's an inflatable on them. In a inflatable dinghy, they all blew up, and they all, like, crammed on it. Imagine 100 people on a, on a kayak. Like... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, the thing is, the British had naval ships making sure he didn't get off the island. He avoided them because they didn't suspect rubber dinghy. No. And uh, he got to France with his 100 men. Uh, King Louis the Seventeenth, who was the brother of King Louis the Sixteenth, who had lost no, his No, I think he's technically the 18th. 18th, The, 18th, the, missing, yeah. the missing, missing... um Yeah. Is, is his son. Is, is, is Louis the Sixteenth's son. Louis the Eighteenth, who is, who is uh, the brother of the king who was killed and started off the French Revolution. Or should I say, kid killed midway through the French Revolution as as part of it, which he started, may I add. Yeah, it's like, yeah, National Assembly. Yeah, by trusting the Swiss with his money, to be honest. Oh, blame the Swiss. Blame the Swiss. Whenever the Swiss get hold of a country's money, yeah. either... <laughs> Jacques revolu- Necker needs to be accountable, because he basically came up with a brilliant idea, which is the fact he found out the French were bankrupt after the whole you know, War of Independence, Seven Years' War malarkey, uh, the double-barrel bill of that, and went, I've got a really good idea, we just lie. We say we're not broke. Yeah. We just we just write not broke on all the paper. That will work. Anyway, I'm going to go retire now at the exact moment before we're forced to open our books to the public. Bye! <laughs> Rolled out the window. And then obviously they're like, you are more broke than you said! <laughs> Considerably! And the Swiss will continue this grand tradition of lying about money and its various <laughs> to <the> details. present <laughs> day. Yeah. Like, Any Nazi gold in those banks? None. <laughs> none to speak of. That's an odd, odd way of saying it. Shh, 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 <laughs> so anyway, Napoleon returns from St. Helena with 100 guys. Louis XVIII is like, can somebody stop him? Go and shoot him or something. So And he entrusts the job to Napoleon's ex-BFF, yeah. Marshal Ney. Marshal Ney rides up to Napoleon and says, mm. hello there. And Napoleon walks in front of the gun line when all the guys are lined up to shoot him and says, shoot your king, shoot your emperor if you wish. And the men refuse to join his side. Marshal Ney joined his side. 
Full Bone Rebellion. Uh, Louis, this in the movie Waterloo, that is a really cool scene. Though. That is a really cool scene. Really cool it scene. did actually happen, and the best thing yeah, is Napoleon yeah. did that to the first army. What they don't show you in the film Waterloo is he then did that two more times. Yeah, because obviously they've still got marshals with armies. Yeah, who would turn up to him, and Napoleon would be like, "Oh, I'm going to try again. Roll the old D100. Walk in from the men. Shoot me then." And they were like, "We don't want to." And he's like, "Cool, join me." And they would, and he did it three times. I mean, the first time, if you pull that off, you'd be like, "I'm see, never doing that again." See, all Suds McGee, tiny winky, massive balls, <laughs> massive balls, like <laughs> Suds um... McGee. Come <laughs> 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 um, on, boys, who else would you play slip and slide with the, the, the Imperial Palace? Who else would you chase around so merrily, <laughs> all sudded up? Uh, so anyway, he uh, he ends up taking back France. And the coalition reforms and declares war on only Napoleon. Mm. Yeah, and uh, then obviously... The, the country event, of Napoleon. Yeah. Uh, which is a line from the film, which is actually true, which is the fact that his marshal said to him when they found out they got the declaration of war, they said, they honour you, sire, they call you a nation. Yeah. And then he uh, he scooted off to Belgium and lost a war loop. And then this fair, time, well, no one ever talks well. This be fair, the film does, but yeah. so he beats beats the Prussian army soundly. Yeah, and the Brits too. Yeah, and then it's just the fact they combine their forces to make some mechazoid army and beat Napoleon, despite having thirty thousand men and two French marshals chasing them out of Belgium, yeah. and also you know the fact that they're on a big hill and Wellington. Is. Yeah, the Battle of Waterloo is a completely different kettle of fish. But the point is, Napoleon loses, goes back, abdicates again, and this time they put him on Elba, which is an island in the middle of the Atlantic, off the coast of Africa, which is just a rock. And they say, "Die here, please," and die there he does at the age of fifty-one, six oh. years after Waterloo. Yeah, and May the fifth. He said, "To die is nothing; to live without glory is far worse." So anyway, that ends. Thus ends Napoleon, and with it. Today. In history. In history. So two angry boys who like beating up other people. Who'd win in a fight? Kublai Khan or Napoleon? Probably I think the Kublai one who Khan. actually fought from horseback and not yeah. the guy who's just had a good thonk. Yeah. So now we're done with today in history and Saul has brought a new organism from beyond the very Oh, it's voice. my turn. So famous facts is, is not happening because... Variant the famous leader. factor is not here. No, well, to be fair, it's, it is, it, usually this would be what, who let them near a keyboard... But we've had a rejig because there's only the three of us. So, Saul, so you have a game for us. What is this game? Explain the rules. Why will I win? Uh, I don't. I don't know why I, I got the idea of doing this. But I just. Oh, thought... thank God you said that, Saul, so, because I thought you were going to be like, I don't know how to play this. <laughs> <laughs> like, you sounded so unconfident. I no. made up a new game. The rules are unclear. Well, no, 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 the no. problem is, Saul wrote down the rules. No, yeah. it's not. Now it's, they're a mystery it's, to everyone. Look, guys, guys, it's not. It's not a game that I've come up with rules for. It's a simple quiz game. Okay, but. All of these are A level and GCSE. So you want to embarrass us on a on a on a no. public level? You want to you want to show that we're not as smart as we think we are? No, no I, I would never do levels. that. Pun? I never did my A levels. Really? I went to university. Of course, I did I my know, A levels. Maybe you suck someone off. I don't know, Joan. I don't know your solid past. Uh, you know my golf jobs aren't that good. Okay, good point. Good point. But type back purse. But the, they, they they go across all the different well different subjects. Okay, cool. So, well, I mean, James and Joanna reset their GCSEs. Let's see. Well, let's GCSE. Who's gonna win? So this is a new segment that we're never gonna play again. <laughs> it's called Let's GCSE. Who wins? With you and me. With you and me. Let's GCSE with you and me. The friends yeah. are all against. To be fair, for a segment we're never gonna play again, it's the first one to get a theme song of sorts. Right. Yeah. English language. Identify the verb in the sentence. Ugh. Amazingly, he 
He finished the hot dog in 15 seconds. Finished. Yeah. Finished. The answer is finished. See? See? Not that bad, guys. I only know verbs. I copied your answer. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <laughs> My brain got distracted by the adverb. Okay, guys, let's go for... Let's go for maths. Another, see, English, maths. An ordinary fair six-sided dice is rolled 420 times. How many times is the number three expected? 70. Mm. Yes, 70. It is 70. Biology. The pulmonary artery takes blood to where? Lungs. Sure. If Jonah says sure like that, count that as a nil point. (laughs) (laughs) To the lungs. Jonah, (laughs) what is the result of heating copper carbonate? (laughs) <laughs> Fuck, do I know? Oh, isn't it copper oxide and CO2? It bubbles. It is copper oxide. <laughs> eh, eh, for James. It bubbles. Let's go for physics. Shit. It's basically fancy maths. It'll be all right. Fancy maths. Energy can be transferred through submaterials by convection. Complete the sentence. Energy cannot be transferred by convection through a... I think I actually know this. One eternity later. I know what it is. I just can't think of the word. I've run out of time. Five, four. I can't think of the word. Two, one. Solid. Yes. The answer is solid. (laughs) What word were you going for? Were you reaching for solid? Did you say matter? Yeah. I was saying the word block was in my head. I blanked completely on the word solid. Jonah. Yeah. Name the three functions used in trigonometry. Oh, what? Sine, cosine, and tan. Fuck, I knew that one. I knew solid as well, man. I just forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) James. Calcium hydroxide is produced when calcium oxide reacts with... Hydrogen? Water. Ooh, I will allow that because you did. Water, it is sorry. Water, you did yeah. correct it. Jonah. Mm-hmm. Compounds formed when non-metals react with metals consist of particles called. When non-metals react with metals. Yes. It's to do with the manner of their bonding. Covalent. No. Oh. <laughs> James is the perfect <laughs> fucking clue face. Ionized. Close. It's ions. How do I even do chemistry at GCSE? Stephen, <laughs> you just don't work out that brain, do you? So, Jonas has got two wrong. <laughs> James. Yeah, I'm going to get some wrong, don't I? Sympathy. By what name are the group one metals in the periodic table known? Um, <laughs> like, I think it's wrong out of sympathy. Oh, yeah, I'm sympathetic to how you feel when oh, okay. you didn't know the answer, because I also... The group one... I, uh, that... <laughs> It's like the, the, one second. The, the, stop! The, the, stop! The, 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 is it? Is it the um, alkali metals? Yes. Fair play. It was the alkali metals? I'm so happy I remembered that. I was going to say the noble metals. No, noble gases. <laughs> the noble gases. But yeah. yeah. Alkali metals. Oh. Jonah. Uh huh. What? What is the name of the junction between two neurons? 
Synapse. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. James, sticking with biology. What is the scientific name for sex cells such as egg cells and sperm cells? Gonads. <laughs> really close. Gametes. Okay, we're going. We're moving to geography. We've got having quite a lot of. Uh, we'll, we'll finish off with just a couple of geography questions. So, Jonah, which sedimentary rock is largely formed by the remains of dead sea creatures? Limestone. Ding ding ding. <laughs> what was that noise? I was being like, yeah, limestone. Like <laughs> the most petulant noise. I was I've like, heard I mean, in my head, because yeah. I, I know I mean, he's gonna give you limestone. He's gonna tell me, I remember, like, where? Oh, where is 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 Wally <laughs> on this map? Tuvalu, James. Mate. Always yeah. Tuvalu. Yeah. What is the name of the process by which rocks become frozen to a glacier and are picked up from the base slash sides of the glacier valley? You see what I fucking mean? You see what I fucking mean? You get limestone and I get how do, how do fucking glaciers bump uglies with planet Earth? I mean... Erosion. Erosion. He won't thank you. No. It is plucking. 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 Yeah. Pluck you, Saul. So <laughs> how about that one? Both of you are too wrong. Yay. This whole thing will end in a draw? Seems entirely appropriate. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Jonah, which of these is of the following is not a type of river erosion? Hydraulic action, percolation, or solution? Percolation? Is that not what you do to coffee? Percolation refers to filtration of water through so- uh, soil or permeable rock. So, and also coffee. <laughs> yeah. Through paper. Well done. Hold my question, which will now be how to calculate the energy of um what sort of solar solar James. rays? Yeah, <laughs> a wide river channel is formed at the source of the river or the mouth of the river. Mouth, correct. Because they get wider, wider. chunky. Jonah, yeah. Areas which are growing most quickly from tourism are Asia and the Middle East, Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. Tourism. Mm, that's a puzzler. Um, Asia and the Middle East. Ding, ding, ding. I mouthed that to Saul so I knew that. I knew it before you. Because Dubai. That's what I was thinking of. James. What is the name of the largest largest desert? Sahara. Correct. Desert, desert. Energy released by an earthquake is in the form of... Ouchies. Seismic. Seismic waves. So... I'm the smartest 10-year-old in the room. (laughs) Hey, GCSEs are for 15 and 16 year olds. I'm the smartest 15 and 16 year old. So there, guys, so that was the end of Let's GCSE Who's Gonna Win? Or whatever it's gonna be. Never repeat it. It doesn't matter what its name is. Name it at home, and we might repeat that round. So email your name suggestions to shiftyfans at gmail.com. The competition is now closed. Too late. The winner is we're never playing that game again. Okay. So moving on. Moving to on. Conspiracy to piracy no, cons. No, no piracy cons today. Because Val is still not here. Because Val is still still not here, as you probably all are still lamenting. I so, miss her. Yes, but I've decided I've got a new segment because I still can't innovate without me. Well, I just did. We but, did a GCC question. Yeah, but well, I'm innovating right behind you and bettery. All bettery then. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to do a thing called Mighty Myths. And I decided, because I've been listening and reading and doing loads of stuff on Greek mythology, I was going to make it your problem. So in this game, 
I'm going to present you with 10 Greek deities, well-known deities as well, not obscure ones. I've gathered together a load of facts and trivias you may not know about them. It is your job to align the fact with the deity. So the deities are, in alphabetical order, we have Aphrodite. Okay. The goddess of love and beauty. Yes. So she's our first goddess. Apollo, god of the sun, light, truth, and music, and also healing. I know where you're listing all this stuff now. We have Ares, god of war. We have Athena, goddess of wisdom, weaving, crafts, and winning wars. No, that, and war. Hades, god of the underworld. Hephaestus, god of the forge and fire. Hera, queen of the heavens, goddess of women and marriage. Hermes, god of trade. Heraldry, merchants, commerce, roads, thieves, trickery, sports, travellers, athletes. The maintaining and and disruption of boundaries, shepherds, <laughs> cattlemen, crossroads, as well, crossroads yeah. and uh, the Dicks. conductor of the dead. So he's the one who takes them, takes them to, to the other. I thought it also has something phallic about him. Uh, he's a very young nubile boy. <laughs> Poseidon, god of the sea and horses. <laughs> and seahorses. No, that's someone else's job. He, he doesn't. He never mixes those two boxes of his life. <laughs> And finally, Zeus, Lord of the Sky, Gods, Thunder, Rain, and Clouds. And seahorses. It's his job. Yeah. <laughs> so. Only because he wants fucked woman as a seahorse. So the first. So we'll bounce between the two of you. You can go first, <laughs> then Jonah, and then Jonah, then Saul, back and forth. Even Stevens, because there's an even number of things. So what we answer five each, or five each? You know, you go, go first, first on each. So okay. Saul, the first one for you to go first is this deity cursed a woman who rejected them by spitting in their mouth. Zeus. Zeus says Saul. Jonah. I can imagine him being quite resentful if someone rejected him, seeing as he did often like to fuck mortals. <laughs> I should say Apollo. Apollo. Is it like famous facts we only find out at the end? Yeah, you only find out at the end. So, just so you know, you're down to Zeus, you're down to Apollo. This god had their tendons ripped out and their power stripped whilst fighting a monster. Jonah, you're first. Tendons ripped out. Um, Ares? Ares. Mm. Seems a fighty type. But I might go for Athena. Athena. Don't know why. Okay. Next god. The fact. <laughs> this god is the father of Eros, also known as Cupid in Roman mythology. So who is Eros's dad? So I was going to go for Apollo. Apollo, says Saul. Oh, wait, no, because, wait. Hephaestus? Hephaestus. Oh, shit, it might be Hermes. I'm just trying to think, because... Apollo Apollo didn't make his he was given it to his his liar. Wasn't he didn't make it, he was given to it. So you've said Apollo. Yeah, but I think it's Hermes. Fuck. Next one. This god lost a contest for the patronage of Athens to Athena. Oh. It was me first. Mm-hmm. Poseidon. Yeah. So yeah, Poseidon. Next one. It was Poseidon. This god killed a giant tortoise and made a lyre out of its entrails Fuck! on the day it was born. And then Hermes, then, because I've just fucked up two answers. That is, yeah, Apollo did make it. 
That and then he killed a giant snake and then built his own temple. And like all but when he was a baby. I'm gonna say Hermes as well, out of solidarity. Hermes. Fuck it is a problem. Because yeah, he was twinned with um with Artemis. This god fell in love with a mortal the moment they were born. The mortal. So as a baby. Jonah. Zeus. Shit. Hephaestus. Hephaestus. I'm going to say Hephaestus then. This god was also the god of wealth and fertile soil. Hades. Something's nagging me. Fuck. Uh, fuck, I'll go Hades as well. Hades as well. Because <laughs> I think it's someone else that I've said. I hate this game because I can't repeat answers. This deity killed their best friend during a childhood spa and felt so guilty that they took their name. I've already said Ares. So you still have Ares. I'm going to say Ares. I think I only, ha- I only have goddesses left. Yeah, you have done Apollo, Ares, Hephaestus, Poseidon, Hermes, Zeus and Hades, which leaves you with Athena, Aphrodite, Hera. Athena's the only fighty one there, I'll say Athena. This god blackmailed their way into the pantheon by holding another god hostage. Hera? Hera? <laughs> I think that was Hades, though. Sounds like something he would do. I Solidarity would soar, I should also say Hera. Solidarity, boys, gets you nowhere. But we didn't have Final to... one. Who was this god threw the infant Hercules to the ground when he pierced Fuck's her sake! as she weaned him. Hera. But Aphrodite is the one that I have left. <laughs> See, I left that one to last because I was really hoping one of you had been left with a man. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd be left with Zeus or something. How hard could a weeding be? Oh, <laughs> my teeth! <laughs> Alright, so which which ones did we... Well, it's so not many of those fair! Wrong. The thing so is, we got them wrong, but we knew them. So let's... Oh, you knew them. No, so you were so confidently wrong on not both your answer at times, but also the one you knew it was, even though you couldn't say it. So the, first... the turtle one? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was Hermes. That was Hermes. It's because I always get Apollo and Hermes confused. Yeah. So, the first thing... As we oh, said. wait, so that means I'm This right. deity cursed a woman who rejected them by spitting in their mouth. The correct answer is Apollo. So cool. Jonah gets a point. The Wasn't she. Woman, she was in Troy. Yes, Cassandra of Troy. Ah. She. Apollo wanted to woo her, so he offered her the gift of prophecy. She yes. took the gift, and then, then she said, No, I don't want to, I don't fancy you. And Apollo spat in her mouth, tainting the gift so that no one would believe any of her totally accurate prophecies and thought she was a mad woman. Yeah. So she prophesied the downfall of Troy, Helen bringing yeah, doom, yeah. the Trojan horse, all of it. And because she said it, the Trojans didn't do it. So that is Apollo spitting in her mouth. Yeah, the that. next, the, this god had their tendons ripped out and their power stripped whilst fighting a monster. The correct answer was Zeus. Um, when Zeus first fought the Typhon, the father of all monsters and big bad guy of Greek mythology at first, the Typhon ripped out all his tendons and left him powerless. The other gods had to collect them, put them back in to restore Zeus's power. Zeus then threw Mount Olympus on it. Yeah. yeah. So no uh, points I've there. heard the Mount Olympus, but I, did not, I couldn't remember yeah. him having tendons ripped out. Yeah. This god is the father of Eros, Cupid. Someone was saying, should have said Ares? Should have said Ares. 
yeah, Ares and Aphrodite. Child of Aphrodite. Yep. Yeah. Obviously, Aphrodite has sex with Ares more than her actual husband, Hephaestus. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep, Aphrodite and Ares uh, fathered Eros. Mm. This god lost a contest for the patronage of Athens to Athena. It is 100% Poseidon. As you both said, it was Poseidon who lost that. Yeah, you got one right. <laughs> I think Athena gave him an olive tree. And that's all. Oh, no, you've got two yeah. right. So, this god killed a giant tortoise and made a liar out of its entrails the day he was born. It was Hermes, as you both said, in solidarity. Yeah. Well, was me, thinking, think, me think, thinking it was Apollo yeah. when it wasn't. No, but, but it was the, Hermes. It was, yeah, Hermes, the day he was born. Yeah, it was Apollo that killed the snake on the, yeah. the, the day he was born. The day he was Her- born, Hermes escaped his mother's swaddles, ran off, stole all of Apollo's cattle, came back, killed a, tur- t- t- a tortoise, and... Oh, he gave, gave him the liar by yeah. way of apology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's, yeah I was thinking yeah. of it the other... Basically, I got in my, in my head, I literally swapped their names around, is what yeah. I was thinking. So... This god fell in love with a mortal the moment they were born. Love should have given it away because it was Aphrodite. She fell in love with Adonis the moment she saw him as a baby. Oh, she literally looked at that baby and went, I will fuck that when that fruit ripens. <laughs> in my head it was either Zeus or... Hephaestus or... is what you said. But Yeah, that's because... Yeah, Hephaestus was the only one left. Well, you felt... Fuck, I know that story. Yeah. Hades was also the god of wealth and fertile soil. So yeah. you both got that right. He was the he was the god because of the he controlled the underworld, so yeah. under the earth and all the minerals. And, stuff. and yeah. I was actually married to spring. Yes. So he was the, also the god of fertile soil. This deity killed their best friend during a childhood spa and felt so guilty they took their name. It was Athena. She was known as Pallas Athena. Pallas being P L P A double L. A.S. You said Athena. I yeah. did, yeah. So Pallas Athena is her full name because she killed her friend Pallas when they were sparring as child children. Mm. She felt so bad she took her name. Isn't Pallas like one of the twin children of Dionysus? I think so. I don't remember too much. Blackmailed their way into a, into the Pantheon by holding another god hostage. It was Hephaestus. Mm. Hephaestus was kicked off Mount Olympus when he was born because he was born ugly which is unacceptable by gods he worked <laughs> as a blacksmith on an island and he got when he found out who his true parents were he got so bitter he made a golden throne for Hera and when Hera sat on it the throne absorbed her and she couldn't escape and none of the gods could break it so Zeus called Hephaestus to Mount Olympus and offered him the role of being the, you know, the god of the forge if he let his mother go which he did I don't. I did not remember Festus. I don't know why that like, in my head just. I remember. I remember him being thrown. He he's he's married to Aphrodite, but Aphrodite always cucks him. Yeah, and yeah. he has like he's often portrayed having like a gammy leg because he was thrown from Olympus. Yeah. So the final one is that the the infant Hercules you know, threw the infant Hercules to the ground when he pierced her nipple as she yeah. weaned him. Hera. Yeah. It's Hera. And what's quite funny about the myth is Hera only deduced that he was part god when she threw him to the ground and he didn't splat. <laughs> it wasn't the piercing of the teeth. And she's like, wait a second, Zeus has done it again. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially her and Athena found the infant baby Hercules in the, in the field. And Athena went, you're the god of motherhood. You should probably wean that child. To which Hera was like, fine, I guess I'll do the one thing. You know, I'll do one good thing in all of these mythologies. Picked up Hercules, bit her on the nip. And she said, nope, I'm done. Oh, Throw him to the floor. Last thing of Heracles. Yeah. As he should be called. So, we have... Which also, again, dick move by Zeus. Heracles, as in victory over Hera. 
that's what he was named right so she's weaning this baby it's like oh what should we name it victory over you my love so (laughs) at the end of our mythology the winner is Jonah by five to three congratulations Jonah Jonah you are distinctly mortal and Saul you are to the too ugly for mantelism person have been thrown yeah (laughs) so Yes, with a score of five to three, Jonah has won this round of mythology. I like that. We should do we should do mythology quizzes. Yeah, you think it was good? Yeah, I like the mythology quiz. So every yeah. time Val's not here, mythology quiz, mythology yeah. quiz, and GCSEs. Nah, fuck GCSEs. I'll do something else. But that. Oh yeah, we've got. We have to do that orca thing now. So wonderful listeners, thank you for sticking with us to the end. The reorganised uh, national late shift will return. We, we've done. We've done. Uh, today in history, which oh. I hope you've enjoyed. We've had our GCSE questions, which will never return. We and might revisit the mythology. mythology. But more importantly, the boys have proven that without a strong, dominant woman to control their lives, it can potentially all fall apart. So, But it hasn't. The, but it hasn't. We have formed some kind of codependency with one another. <laughs> but <laughs> on that, I say... I have been James. Goodbye. I have been Saul. Goodbye. Hi. I was Jonah. See you around. Look at Thomas.